Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. China says the 2022 Winter Olympics will proceed as planned. The country's foreign ministry says the Omicron variant could pose some challenges, but officials expect the games to run as scheduled. Beijing is set to host the Winter Olympics in early February without foreign spectators and with other coronavirus prevention measures. And with a million slaves nearby. That's right, just in case they're needed. Uh, had uh, Michael play that clip for a number of reasons. Number one, it was just interesting in itself. Plus, uh, a couple of China-related stories breaking. Uh, the first ever, apparently top-secret, remarks by a Chinese head of state have been leaked. And it has to do with the atrocities in Xinjiang, or however you pronounce that region, um, and it deals with uh, the internment camps, forced labor, birth control, forced abortions, uh, reducing the Uyghur population, uh, policing big data, the, the so-called boarding schools, all sorts of stuff. Now, the New York Times got part of this a number of weeks ago, but didn't go very deep into it. And and so people now, I'm going to be charitable, are digging a little more deeply into it and, and coming up with... Uh, all sorts of, of stuff. The the inner workings of a totalitarian, brutal government. And they're planning in the stuff Xi Jinping says about it. I it's was really listening to uh, the China Unscripted podcast, which I've mentioned many times. They're talking the other day about the one-child policy and their demographic problems in China and everything like that. And this, um, interestingly enough, with the Supreme Court hearing oral arguments on abortion today, uh, this doctor that had defected from China, she believes she performed 60,000 abortions Yikes. during the one-child policy. and But she was under the belief that, because this is what she'd been taught her whole life, that the reason the famine happened back in the 60s and millions and millions and millions of people starved was people had too many kids. So she was doing the right thing for the Chinese people performing all these abortions because greedy people had too many kids and there wasn't enough food to go around. So obscuring the fact that it was horrifying uh, central government policy that caused the famine and killed everybody had nothing to do with people having too many kids. Right, um, it was and, Mao Zedong and his yeah. awful, awful uh, agrarian policy. And also this that I did not know. There's a belief that there are millions and millions and millions of unaccounted for younger people of various ages that were, have been hidden by families over the years because of the one-child policy. And you're basically like an illegal immigrant in China. You're hmm. just, you know, the daughter of this family. They just were able to hide you, and especially in the rural areas, which is where there's not as much, uh, you know, ability to keep an eye on this. There are millions and millions of uh, 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 kids out there. Some of them are grown up now because the one-child policy went on for many, many years. Uh, that at some point they think China's just going to all of a sudden decide, hey, we found a, hey, we found ten million kids, or we found ten million people because they got these demographic problems. Yeah, oh yeah, they're incredibly top-heavy in terms of old folks, and they'll bring these people, you know, into society, into the workplace, and everything like that because they've been in hiding all these years. Huh. And um, also, there was a, a a lot of allowing people to have a kid. And then snatching the kid from the family so they'd only have the one still. And then taking him to orphanages because there was a huge um, trend for a while of people adopting Chinese children. 
from Western societies, of the United States did it a lot, uh-huh. thinking you know I'm I'm doing the right thing and helping out this little kid, and you are. Um, but uh, so they there's a lot of money in it. So they yeah, you can have another kid, and then we're going to take the kid, and we're going to take it to this orphanage where we're going to profit off of uh, all these other countries that want to come adopt children. So they were running a child farm. Yep, absolutely, a child mill. Yeah, and that's something. Good lord, and they want to take over the earth, folks. They Yikes. do. They do want yeah. to take over the earth. The other China-related thing I just want to bring up briefly, I thought it was interesting. A few days ago, the um, the New York Times ran a piece entitled, Do Sports Still Need China? Written by Andrew K. K-E-H? K. Andrew K. Uh, I don't know his act, but I thought it was interesting. Global outrage, broken contracts, and shifting politics could change the calculus for leagues and teams that once raced to do business in China. And they mentioned the Chinese tennis star disappearing and that sort of thing. They go into the, the fact that the NBA is just absolutely in bed with Xi Jinping, but how long might that last? And as as uh, Xi gets more and more openly communist and totalitarian, whether some of the current relationships can even last or if it'll just get too abhorrent. Um, and, you know, they say, uh, he says, some partners have acquiesced at times to China's, uh, China's various demands. A few have issued humbling apologies. The IOC, International Olympic Committee, and perhaps the most notable example, has seemed to go out of its way to avoid angering China, even as uh, Pang, that the tennis star, a three-time Olympian, went missing. So his thought is, oh, in, in the, 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 what's that? What do you call the open uh, cockpit racing, the Grand Prix mm-hmm. racing, the Indy style? Formula car One. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, they're huge in bed with China too. And, uh, just, uh, the, the, they're, it's mostly speculating and wondering how long these relationships can endure. I thought that was interesting that the liberal New York Times was, uh, weighing in on that topic. Well, here's something I didn't know until I listened to some Chinese experts. So this tennis, star that disappeared she's in the orbit of one of the rivals to she one of the there there are factions in the communist party just like there are factions in anything but this guy had been a real challenger to the rise of she through the communist party and the belief is that she is trying to tar this guy with an affair he was having with this um this chinese tennis star which i guess she is admitted to um Prior can, to the, can you say she instead of she? Since we're talking about a female tennis star, I'm getting confused. And uh, by the way, that. former chairman, who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it's a political thing. There, she is trying. She is trying to uh, tar this rival with the whole tennis player sexual indiscretion thing. Wow! And that's what's going on. Wow! Crazy. Because when she originally made her claims, they were online for a full 30 minutes, which does not happen in China. You do not come out with something bad-mouthing an official that stays online for 30 minutes without approval of of the Communist Chinese Party. I think in the Western world, most of us, and I include myself, thought, wow, they took it down in 30 minutes. That was super controversial. I thought that, too. No, the fact that it was up for 30 minutes is notable. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah. China. That's what a blood you... sport, too. People disappear your, oh, yeah. when your rivals just go away. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Xi Jinping went as subtle as that, as opposed to just having the guy thrown in a gulag and get disemboweled. Anyway, speaking of sports, or as they say in Britain, sport, 
A University of Pennsylvania swimmer who competed as a man for three years is now dominating the women's category after identifying as a female. Will Thomas competed as a man for the University of Pennsylvania. Penn. As wow, a freshman, a division, sophomore, and junior. A Division One college male swimmer. You'd be yep. really good. Yeah. He earned a few wins, spots in tournaments. However, after taking a year off to transition, he's returned to UPenn's team as a female swimmer named Leah and has been racking up more top finishes than before. I'll bet. <clears throat> According to a swimming publication, uh, Thomas has come in and, quote, blasted the number one 200 free time and the second fastest 500 free time in the nation on Saturday, breaking Penn program records in both events. Wow, great achievement. She must really be training hard to accelerate, to wipe out the competition like that. The site then added that Thomas swept the free individual events and helped earn a first place in the 400 free rally. Wow. Second fastest women's 200 free time in the nation so far this season. Would have scored in the A final at the 2021 uh, NCAA championships. That's amazing. That's really notable for a guy swimmer who was good. Good, but just good. Now wiping out record. You know, it's almost, gee, I don't know. It's almost as if this newly minted gal has an enormous advantage over the biological women. Well, are there people that deny that? Yes. Yes, and they're running sports federations. They're running the NCAA. They're running the IOC. I thought the main argument was there's not going to be people pretend to be a different gender to come dominate sports. So oh, no, it's no, not no. going to be a rash of this sort of thing. Well, there doesn't need to be if right. you're the second-place woman in an Olympic trial. That'd be, that'd be my argument, yeah. Or I don't know who makes the team, the third place, whatever the, the you know particulars are. The site pointed out that Thomas beat her teammates by 6.1 seconds to win the 100 free event. By then, six seconds? Then Thomas what? won the 500 free by 12.9 seconds. What? Yes. Those are some crazy intervals for swimming. I mean, if you've watched Olympic swimming, you know it's usually like a dominant win is a half a second. You're way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Swim, swam. which is seconds. This, uh, yeah. They also noted Thomas' other finishes this season, including three first-place finishes and a second-place finish, placing among the Penn women's team records. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What are they going to do about that? They asked him about it. Her. I'm sorry, I did not know. Being trans has not affected my ability to do this sport, she said, and being able to continue is very rewarding. For you. It's yeah. not quite as rewarding for the people that can no longer win. The biological women who would have won. Yeah. The fact that a significant subsection of humanity, not huge, but significant, thinks that's great. That's a great story that he's able to, she, he, he became a she and she is able to compete. That's wonderful. I, I honestly, I don't even know where to begin with you. But so it's an intersectionality thing. So the trans person is ranking higher than women because for years it was yeah. all about women's sports and needs to get treated better and women's rights and attention and money. You're right. And all it's a good point. It's a good point. They, just they rank outrank higher. just a regular old woman with your ovaries and such. <laughs> You'll get nothing. You'll swim, you'll get out of the pool, you'll congratulate your, your, your new and suspiciously bulky competitor, and, and you will shut your female uh, trap. 
Say the woke. How's your utopia coming along? Huh? That's interesting stuff. Uh, if you want to join in any conversation on the text line, you can at uh, 415-295-KFTC. Got a radio guy that got fired for uh, uh, some comments that he made five years ago. Um, one of those deals. Oh, gee. Among other, so things awful. To, among other things to tell you about coming up. Big arguments going on in the Supreme Court about uh, Roe versus Wade. Abortion. We should probably bring him up to speed on that. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bullets in the toaster oven caused the fire. We'll have details on that coming up. Pardon me? I said bullets in the toaster oven caused the fire. We'll have details coming up. Why do you have bullets in your toaster oven is the obvious question. Um, FedEx driver dumping packages, like a lot of packages, for a long time. Oh just boy. dumping them in our ravine. That's oh weird. We are going to bring you up to speed on the whole... What's going on in the Supreme Court today? They're hearing the, a case about abortion. This is the biggest one in many, many, many decades. This is the one that could actually overturn Roe versus Wade. Kind of surprising uh, how little seem to be people seem to care about it. Hmm. It's not near the fever pitch that I thought it would be. Yeah, that was such an automatic hot-button issue for so many years. Now it just doesn't seem to have the same pull. Oh, and we got a uh, concerning asteroid that's going to break into our orbit uh, in a week. So... In a week? Yeah. If you're looking for sweet meteor of death, maybe that's actually going to happen soon. Oklahoma City sports radio host terminated after racist comments from a 2016 off-air conversation that got leaked. Oh, man. Off-air five years ago. Okay. Wow. Long-time sports radio host Sam Mays. Um... We almost got a job in Oklahoma City years ago, but our company threatened to sue us for taking it. We did get the job. Well, yeah, we did. The company we were working for didn't allow us to take it. Right. Anyway, back to Oklahoma. Uh, This guy, during a commercial break, he discussed Native Americans and their push for uh, the Washington Redskins to rebrand their name. Oh, boy. And uh, he's talking to his co-person off off air. This is during a commercial break. What's the excuse for the natives that they haven't been fighting to get this thing changed forever? They've been too drunk to organize. It was the joke. So if somebody uh, did somebody tape this or what? Apparently, yeah, they were rolling tape on it. Wow. Um, and then Mays responded with hashtag Lysol, which the other person, the co-host said, hashtag gold spray paint out of the trash. I don't know what they're talking about there. Uh, hashtag, we're all going to lose our jobs one day. One day, if these microphones are left on. True. And uh, they did five years later. So my question about this sort of thing is, if if you, if you like, mean this stuff, that's, you know, racist and mean-spirited and all that sort of stuff, but did they mean any of it? I guess that doesn't matter to anybody, if you meant it at all. No. I'm just, no, absolutely I'm not. Just Intent about- is not uh, weighed. And New York Times said so. Right. Intent doesn't matter. But I'm thinking about us watching um, 
Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, one of his comedians in Cars with Coffee, and I forget who he, he's talking to John Oliver, actually. And, and, and he's discussed this many times, and John Oliver said the thing that the people don't get about comedians is we'll put any string of words together in front of a, whoever, and if at the end of it it's going to get a laugh, we'll do it. And it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean we mean it or think it or it doesn't mean anything other than we thought if we got put these words together, it was going to get a laugh. And I think that's true of people who try to be funny. Oh, yeah. In fact, I know it's true of people who try to be funny because I know it's true for me. But that doesn't work. If, 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 it, if it gets out, you can't say, no, I didn't mean anything by that at all. No, the fundamentalist, the angry Puritans will seek your blood, whether and, it's justified and, or not. And I don't know, are some of you so humorless you don't get this? I, I don't know, but do, don't you ever make comments that the whole point of it being funny is this is so outrageously something you shouldn't say or don't believe? Or it's surprising, right? You've surprised people by saying that and they laugh, right? Because they're acknowledging, yes, that's so out of bounds and something we shouldn't say or don't believe. Well, it's as simple as it. it's as simple as if I acknowledge that I have no power over you. If I pretend like that's not the case, I have power over you. I will get you fired. You are now unemployed. Your career is ruined. Look at my power. Old tweets, old recordings, old whatever. None of us are off the hook. Nobody alive right now is off the hook. You got something out there somewhere that could cause you a big headache. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, Supreme Court here in a oral arguments around abortion. We'll talk about that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I do believe that that many of us will go back to coat hangers and back alleys. You know, women will find ways to terminate pregnancies. That is never going to happen. Uh, I thought that clip was considerably longer than that. I was an activist, uh, civil rights leader, allegedly, in a special report with Brett Baer last night, talking about Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization the much-discussed Mississippi abortion law that the Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments about as we speak. And uh, the question is, is the Supreme Court going to overturn 50 years of precedent of something that's popular? Not only is it 50 years of precedent, but it's not like it was popular at the time, but now hardly anybody in America thinks it's a good idea like has happened with some other long-standing precedents in our nation's history. Um, you know, you can get some of the civil rights things or, or that sort of stuff. But this is still popular. Almost 70% of Americans say they want Roe versus Wade to stay the law of the land. Now, I think it's because most people think overturning it means all abortions are outlawed everywhere, and they're wrong. Immediately. About, immediately, right. and they're wrong about that. And back alleys and coat hangers and the rest of that horrifying stuff. Uh, right. Well, uh, read some interesting analysis, uh, Andy Smarrick uh, writing about whether indeed uh, you should expect the SCOTUS to overturn Roe versus Wade. And uh, should it be overturned is not the key question, he says. And he his what he really weighs in on is the fact that the key three, as he calls them, Justice Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh are 
are institutionalists. Their their temperament judicially is conservative, indeed. Um, I like the way they swing for the most part, but they are very careful judges. They believe it's incredibly dangerous for the court to veer back and forth, to be throwing away a 50-year precedence and that sort of thing. They tend to be more cautious. They're conservative institutionalists. Um, uh, Sarah Isger of the Dispatch uh, in Politico fittingly described their approach as, quote, institutionalist, which includes upholding precedent, producing practical outcomes that support the efficient functioning of government and preferring incremental and narrow change. To sway these three, Mississippi's attorney must appreciate that they will be thinking less about should we overrule Roe and Casey and more along the lines of what happens to law, politics, and the court if we were to overrule Roe and Casey? Yeah, you throw out Roe in one vote, that is not incremental change. Right. So, uh, speaking of Kavanaugh, though, he has just said a few moments ago, I'm looking at SCOTUS blog, to the idea of overturning 50 years of precedent. Kavanaugh listed numerous landmark cases from the court's history, including Brown versus the Board of Education, in which the court overturned prior long-standing precedents. If the court had simply followed stare decisis, that's the, if it's been that way, we'll leave it that way in those cases, Kavanaugh says the country would be a much different place. In other words, we've overturned lots of long-standing precedent because we decided it was a bad precedent. Yeah, I happen to be listening to that exchange with the uh, the lawyer for the the feds, I guess. Or uh, who, who's the? Uh, in other words, it you'd, doesn't matter. The, the people who are arguing against Mississippi. In other words, you'd have made the argument that Plessy versus Ferguson from what? Eighteen ninety-seven, yeah, late eighteen hundreds. Yeah. You'd you'd have made the argument. Look, it's been this way for seventy years, separate but equal. Mm-hmm. Why would we change now? Right, and uh, he was hammering her with that, and her answers were not terribly persuasive. Um, so I don't. It remains to be seen. I love listening to the oral, oral arguments, but they they can be so misleading because often the justices will think, "Okay, I agree with you, but I I'm not sure if there's a flaw in my thinking, so I'm going to probe you right, for a flaw in my thinking." I don't understand why more people don't get that. It's the classic. Um, uh, like debate idea of stating your opponent's argument in the in the best light possible, so to that their can, satisfaction, to right? their satisfaction, so that you can take it apart. Right, exactly. That's what they're doing. You know, it reminds me. Just to, if I might throw in an aside of uh, one of the couple of opportunities I've had to uh, do a ride along with a homicide investigation, which was so interesting. Who had you killed? Uh, I think you misunderstand the situation. Uh, but so, uh, it's, it's incredibly important to a good homicide detective that they gather evidence without prejudice. They don't latch onto a particular theory or suspect in a way that would uh, reduce their enthusiasm for gathering other evidence or just all of the evidence, you know, in short. Uh, and you've got to understand that the Supreme Court justices, the good ones, they really, really, really want to understand everybody's argument so they don't make a stupid decision. And, and they have the, the, the reason they're not elected and they have life terms, whether you think that's a good idea or not, we'll put that aside for a second, but the reason they have life terms is they're not worried about, well, a lot of people are going to be angry about this. Or they're not, they're not as worried as you'd be if you were up for election so they can question their own argument in public and have the best lawyers in the world try to convince them that they're wrong. So it's always interesting to listen to, but it can be misleading. It's like grown-up conversation, which we're really not in the mood for as a country right now. Yeah. 
getting worse watch, and worse at it. If you watch cable news, yeah. So the idea of stating the opposite of what you believe just for the conversation, you know, doesn't happen on cable news. Right. Uh, like Anybody it, who's not uh, up for an adult conversation to me is a real poo-poo head. <laughs> <laughs> ah, funny. Eh. Yeah, what are you going to do? Be serious. You're a child. Sometimes. Keeps me young. Young at heart. So the idea is um, if they overturn Roe versus Wade in just one vote, then it's state by state. And there's all the blue states are still going to have abortion. Probably at the same level it was before. Well, and given the and a lot polls, of red states will, will, will still have it at least first trimester. Oh, yeah. As we've discussed many times, uh, the polls show over and over and over again, the vast majority of Americans think abortion during the first trimester, while it may be troubling, they think it should be legal. Second trimester, vast majorities of Americans are extremely troubled by it. Anything past fetal viability, which was uh, the the Casey decision that supported Roe, um, People are extremely uncomfortable with that. And there is a teeny tiny, I mean, practically insignificant number of Americans who believe uh, third trimester abortions are just fine and dandy, just terrible. So uh, more on uh, lighter fare in a moment. Including how do you pronounce Omicron? The New York Times has weighed in. All right. Um, (laughs) So a quick word from our friends at CarShield, America's number one auto protection company, protecting over one million drivers from those expensive out-of-nowhere repairs that not only are expensive... But then you got paperwork, and you got to be on the phone, and you got to oh yeah yeah. Well, CarShield's administrators take care of all of that for you instead. Yeah, they handle the paperwork. You get to choose your own mechanic. CarShield, uh, you're going to get it fixed, and then they provide coast to coast roadside assistance, rental coverage, trip reimbursement, all at no additional charge. Uh, as Joe mentioned, CarShield is America's number one auto protection company at this point, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're month to month. It's easy to sign up for and get out of, and I think month to month everything is is the future. No long-term contracts. The the younger crowd doesn't like that sort of thing. That's where CarShield comes in. Is it for you? Click about and decide. Go to carshield.com slash Armstrong to save 10%. Carshield.com slash Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Go to carshield.com slash Armstrong. New York Times said they talked to many experts. There's no agreed-upon way to pronounce Omicron. So pronounce it however you like. There is not an agreed-upon pronunciation. What did uh, Biden say the other day? True international pressure. <laughs> no, that yeah. was a different day. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, Micron. No, he said uh, uh, or, ornic, Ornicryon, or he completely slaughtered it. I'm <laughs> certain you're not supposed to say that. Omicryon. Here's, uh, here's Joe Biden yesterday with his three things he's got to do to something or other. Here ran go. for president. I said I was running for three reasons. One, to restore the soul of the country, to have some, restore some decency. And two, to rebuild the backbone of the country. Hard-working, middle-class folks and working-class folks who built the country. There you go. He never finished. Um, he never um, got to three. Shh, 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 shh. We're waiting for three. What's the third, sir? You got a FedEx driver who'd been dumping packages every day in an Alabama ravine. FedEx is calling it a massive debacle. What? That my package just got dumped in a ravine by the driver? In what way? I don't think they were addressed to an Alabama ravine, so yeah, it's a debacle. The driver has been identified and questioned by investigators. Person's name has not been released. They said up to 400 packages of various sizes were discovered in a ravine 30 miles north of Birmingham. 
400 packages. What an odd thing to do. Just lazy? I mean, because if you could, if the, if this person, I'm presuming it was a he, but I suppose there's no reason to assume that. But if if he were stealing them, I would understand sure. that. I, I wouldn't like it, but I'd understand it. Uh, FedEx announcement from the company's spokesman. We have reviewed the situation and confirmed the individual is no longer providing service on behalf of FedEx Ground. How come? Well, he wasn't providing service before that. That's the point. I wonder if the guy just had buddies who'd say, hey, dude, we got a 1 o'clock tea time. Can you make it? And you'd think, I got like 75 packages. Yeah, I'll be there. If I remember right from this happening with mailmen, uh, that's usually the case. It's just like I just didn't want to make the rounds. So I just dumped them all in a bind some bushes and went home. Mailman, female mailman. Bullets and toaster oven cause fire at South Carolina Assisted Living Facility. I would say that's probably the best outcome. If it's just a fire. That's where I keep my bullets. Where do you keep your bullets? Microwave. (laughs) Officials said it appeared the fire started because the resident placed several rounds of ammunition into a toaster oven, causing the ammunition to discharge and making employees believe that a shooter was on the property. That's interesting. Well, nobody was shot, thank God, but that's a a poor place to store, store your ammo, folks. I think that's clear. Old people, am I right? Um... What percentage of the time do people use their toaster oven, presuming they have a good toaster oven? I don't have one. Versus their main oven. I don't I own think a toaster we oven. Use, we use our main oven maybe 20% of the time. Really? Yeah, what do you what maybe. do you make? I, I probably need a toaster oven. And what was the thing that we were all into for a while? Sean got one. Ah, uh, the air fryer. Yeah, do you use that? Our toaster oven is an air fryer. Okay. I need Has one of those. many settings, Jack. More settings than a man like you can handle. <laughs> I really need one of those. Uh, th- oh, it's super good. I give you the brand and everything. Yeah. I I'm do. not saying it on the air unless I'm getting paid because I am, well, girls got to make a living. And one more thing to throw in. New rule will allow debt collectors to track you down on social media. Uh, was there a rule that they couldn't? Apparently you not. You can't go on my Twitter feed? Look, here I am vacationing in blank. Debt collection rules that went into effect yesterday have expanded the ways debt collectors can chase down debtors. In practice, it means millions of consumers can now be bombarded with email and text messages. Oh, great. And requests to connect on their social media accounts. You know, I don't have any bill outstanding bills, but I have a feeling I'm going to be getting these texts and emails anyway. It just seems to be the way the world works. Uh, well, yeah, yeah I didn't scams know they could... telling you you owe right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we will report this to the IRS or the feds or your local police if you don't uh, get on the phone. You know what's expensive? We've talked about this before, but this is the first time it's happened to me. I had a situation where we had to use uh, an ambulance uh, a couple oh, months back. Yeah, Insurance does not uh, like to pay ambulance bills. Yeah, I've just, heard those stories. just doesn't, and it's pretty expensive. And you think, eh, I think next time I'll drive there. I won't take the ambulance. Yeah, if, I if there's somebody s- that can drive them, there's no good reason not to. Like, if you're in the midst of an ongoing heart attack and you need a paramedic, like, working on you in the truck, that's different. But if you're just getting from point A to point B, drive them. <laughs> yeah. The, the ambulance is not the way to go. Yeah, put a splint on your leg and call Uber. And apparently your insurance company has made the same de- determination that, yeah, we're not paying for that. You could have driven. Apparently mm. that's what they're thinking. I don't know. Or, if you, or is it one of those deals? I never know with insurance. I never know. Is this one of those things like if I push back hard enough, they're going to say, okay, we'll pay for it? They're just checking to see if I'll pay. Is it one of those? Because that happens all the time. I never know. 
I've heard the air chopper, if they have to chop you out, oh. it's just that can ruin a family's finances. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Oof. Hunker down, crawl there, do something. Hmm. I cut off my foot, I'm going to hop there. Sure. Don't bring the chopper. Um, and there's one other thing I wanted to get to when we come back. I got the most expensive cities to live in if you plan on moving around the world. Oh, yeah, we got that concerning asteroid that's headed toward Earth. The next week, you might want to uh, adjust your 401k and love making appropriately. Uh, hmm? uh, and oh, oh, also the uh, the banning of elective surgeries in New York. We have insider information on why that happened. Cool. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For Christmas, huh. I think not it's a, treating you well, huh? I think it's a skateboard, and I've been skateboarding with my kid. I don't know why that's hurting my back. Anyway, man of your age and physical state, skateboarding—you think that's related to your back pain? You know, I did get a, um, I did get a, a, a whiff of mockery from some of the younger people at the skateboard park <laughs> yesterday as I was skateboarding, and I did want to say to all of them, I won't be around. But I'm pretty certain when you're my age, you will not be better than I am. If you're skateboarding at all. Wow. You whippersnappers, I said. Get wow. off of my lawn. Yes. Yes. When you're not getting a whiff of the junky bums inhabiting the park, you're getting the whiff of mockery. My son, he was a, a bit of mockery of my skateboarding. Oh, no. And I said, I hope I live long enough to see it. But when you're my age, <laughs> I am pretty sure you're going to say, I can't believe my dad was skateboarding with me when he was this age. I think yes. that's what he's going to say. Yes, and you will be re- renewed as his hero <laughs> at that point in years. Right now, I can barely walk. Yeah. Okay, Boomer. You know, it's funny. One of my uh, most beloved photographs is a picture of my dad with my brother and sister and I. We were, uh, I think it was just after we played a round of golf, Salina, Kansas. And there we are standing uh, and, and all together. It was a rare chance for us to get together. And uh, and it dawned on me a few years ago that I was like five years older than my dad was in that picture. Yeah, I've had those moments, too. It's something. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, uh, a quick note. If you have an A&G fan on your gift list, you'd like to give them something, it'll give them a chuckle and a smile. And uh, I'll, uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got some great T-shirts and hats and hoodies and all sorts of stuff. Some Let's Go Brandon or LGB A&G gear. Let's Very go, popular. Brandon. The Let's go, Brandon. Blue. The patriotic red, white, and blue AG uh, coffee uh, mug and other things. Again, armstrongandgetty.com. Very briefly, uh, because we don't have a lot of time, got a couple of great notes from uh, women in the nursing profession talking about how New York had uh, banned, essentially, forced the cancellation of all elective surgeries. And again, an elective surgery is not like getting a nose job. It's any surgery that can be scheduled as opposed to emergency surgery. So cancer surgery, heart surgery, uh, broken bones, um, just uh, fixing, you know, an old injury, all of the or incredibly painful back problems or joint problems. Those are all elective surgeries. Well, I got a couple of notes. This is from Bren, the RN. 
uh, points out there's a lot of talk on her nurse's Facebook page. It doesn't seem to be about the actual COVID bug in New York and other places. Instead, nurses from Minnesota to New York were stating their surgeries were canceled because there are no beds available for patients to stay, not because they're inundated with the Omicron slash Omicron, but hospitals are at max capacity because of severe staffing shortages and stretched nurse-to-patient ratios. Wait, there's more from Amy the nurse. I believe uh, Governor Hochul in New York is trying to avoid a catastrophe of her own design. Shutting down elective surgeries came shortly after the November 22nd dismissal of all non-vaccinated hospital employees. Uh-oh. And the court said no religious ex- exemptions either. Our medical system, even hours away from New York City, is struggling to keep the hospital staffed and is grinding down to those that are left with unsustainable hours and workloads. Urgent care centers have shut down to reassign staff, etc. This is where are the politicians or journalists telling us this? Because this is obviously true. And watching the roundtables, I always beat up on the Republicans. Watching the roundtables on the Sunday morning shows, wasn't a freaking Republican on there who pointed out, "Hey, I'll tell you why what they're doing, what they're doing is because your vaccine mandates." have caused you to fire so many nurses that you don't have enough beds. That's the issue. But nobody made that point. Well, not to pat our own backs, but we talk to real people about real issues and the way they affect real people, as opposed to echoing beltway talking points. I will also point out that the judge who issued the preliminary national uh, uh, injunction against some of the Biden uh, mandates, including healthcare workers, said the effect of the shortage of healthcare care workers will be much more severe than the chance some nurse gets the vid clearly absolutely clearly that is the case yeah good job judge you know it'll get booted up to a a higher court but good solid ruling and nobody's talking about this yeah i know it if you miss an hour of the show grab the podcast armstrongandgetty.com armstrong and getty